Master Tavern Keepers, History of the Old World. We have taken the long road around the port to get here, but here we finally are. Let us now talk of the Great Crusades. The Great War against the armies of Araby, both here in the Old World, on our doorstep no less, and then down in the Southlands. Altogether, it was a three-year-long military campaign, launched by the Knights of Britonia and our empire, that freed the kingdom of Estalia from enslavement by the Arabian invaders of Sultan Jafar, and then went on to topple both the regime itself and the Sultan. The Crusades were one of the greatest military expeditions ever organised, on a scale probably comparable to the campaigns of Sigma himself the um, subject of my dissertation at the University of Nuln, as it happens. So something I know a bit about, and something we will talk about in depth at uh, some point in the near future. But first, we simply must discuss what precipitated the Crusades. The warmongering of the infamous sorcerer Jafar. Conquests that first put the land of his birth under his heel and then repeated the feat in our own neighbour, Estalia. Now... As I think we mentioned earlier, Jafar was the sorcerer who, over 130 years ago, back in 1435, united the greater part of Araby and then ruled it as its sultan for about 15 years. However, his real rise to power began five years earlier, around the year 1430. Jafar began life as a bit of a how do I say this? Um, uh, well, a backwater sultan. Still a sultan in his own right, nonetheless, but not one who wielded any real power, nor had too many coins to rub together. As is so common with the aristocratic class, he was not content with his lot in life, and he felt that he was destined for much more. This is... Not so unusual, I suppose, but what separated him from many was that he had the means to manifest these dreams of grandeur, for he was also a powerful sorcerer and possessed a keen and calculating mind. His first step was to forge a powerful coalition from amongst the many desert tribes in and around his home and he created a marauding army of desert fighters. Oh, yeah, and uh, so 
Where exactly was this, Master Tavernkeeper? Ah, you're not afraid to ask the difficult questions, are you, Heinrich? Well, alas, it is a place whose name has been expunged from the history books by the decree of the Crusaders themselves. Although, as far as I can tell, it was somewhere towards the south of the country, beyond the Great Desert. Oh, yeah, I see. Well, uh, that cannot be helped, then. But uh, I do have one more question in that case. Why? Why would the uh, strong and independent tribes, as you describe them to us, Master Tavangipa, follow such a petty man? A man merely wishing to aggrandize himself. What was in it for them? Now, that is an excellent question. Well, Jafar used his well-developed skills of persuasion and unnatural charisma to seduce the many nomadic tribes in the region to unite under his leadership. He also used his unbridled and unrivaled skill at both summoning and bringing to heal the various jinn of the desert to impress them, as well as impress upon the sheiks of these various tribes and clans that he was the one who should lead their warriors in their name. He would be a powerful adversary if they did not, was their thinking. The tribal leaders agreed, little realising that they were agreeing to putting their armies under the thumb of a war master who would soon turn to bite off each of the hands that fed him and become not only the coalition's war leader, he would become their sole leader. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see. But uh, I ask again, why? What was in it for them? Ah, sorry, yes. Well, what he did was this. He simply appealed to their greed, promising them wealth, luxury, power and supremacy over their rich arrivals in the cities of Araby. Envy has ever been used to reel in the basest of men and women. Who needs a yoke of wood and iron when you have a lure capable of binding a man's soul? Surely a far stronger form of bondage. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see. The old story, then. Indeed. And with this army at his disposal... Coupled with the magical might of his jinn and his own magics, he set about forging an empire. These were not the only weapons in his arsenal, though, for, uniquely, he possessed an ally unlike any other. A hidden blade that was pivotal both in his rise as well as being the fulcrum for his fall. Ooh, so was it perhaps the dragons that you spoke of? Or the ape-men of the jungles to this house? Ah, no. It was something that we here in Tabaro are far more familiar with. But, but surely, surely not the ratman? I'm afraid so, yes. He allied with the Skaven. Now, we just discussed the cursed hollow oasis and the Skaven that dwell deep within, as well as those that live under the city of Martek. However... These are not the only rats in the country of Araby, for dotted around are dens belonging to a secret clan of Skaven assassins. Not much is known of them as far as I'm aware, and even what has come to light is disbelieved back in the Empire. But they do exist. Believe you me, I know. Ach, I'm sure any inhabitant of Tabara here would readily know the truth of your words. 
Don't you worry. Ah, nice of you to join us, Cedric. I thought we'd lost you to the rum. But yes, alas, it is so. Anyway, I heard tell of at least one of these dens of dread deeds, located in the city of El Calabad, and I've no doubt there are more. Perhaps even one in every city in Araby. Who knows? What I can say for certain, though, is this. Jafar learned of these assassins and allied himself with them. But not only these secret sects of Skaven. Also, he allied himself with their shadowy masters. Something referred to in only a single surviving Arabian manuscript as the Council of Thirteen. Something, something shrouded in even greater shadow than the assassins themselves and beyond the ken of what we mere men know. Och, but not three truthsayers, it isn't. Our seers have uncovered much about these, both their past, their present, and their future. What? what? You, you, you've never mentioned any of this to me before, Cedric. Why? Och, it's just never cropped up, is all. Ah, well, uh, oh, fair, fair enough. But it's cropped up now. Please, spill the beans. I am all ears. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too. As a professional rat slayer, at least of late, I too am all ears. Och, well, if you insist. But in that case, we'd best lock the windows, bolt the door, and lighten the shadows. For what I'm about to relate is a death sentence to any who know it, if the rats ever find out that is. Well, right you are. Hop to it, neophytes, whilst I pour us all another drink. Right, is everybody ready? Excellent. Master Alchemist, please begin. Right you are, Master Tavern Keeper. Ach, well, the nefarious, nay, insidious Council of Thirteen is the governing body of the entire race of Ratman. It is comprised of twelve of the most powerful Skaven clan lords, who are called the uh, Lords of Decay, and rule over the Skaven realm beneath our feet, the uh, Under Empire, if you like. Wait a moment, you said twelve, not a thirteen. Ach, well, I was about to come to that. Hold on to your horse there. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Just a moment. Ooh. Right, I am gripping it tightly. Now what? Oh, uh, I think the Master Alchemist means wait a moment, not whatever you are doing. Ah, yeah. I see. M m my mistake. Apologies. Please, please continue, Master Alchemist. So, uh, there are rats beneath our feet too, yeah? Oh, well, elsewhere there is. But uh, others here in tomorrow, they patrol our streets. Anyhow, back to the council, eh? Now, the 13th member is actually their god, the Horned Rat, a demonic creature, one of the lower order in the realm of chaos. And the reason is this. The Skaven Council of Thirteen actually mirrors something called the Shadow Council of Thirteen, upon which sit the most powerful and influential of the Ratman's greater demons, Vermin Lords they call them, in addition to the uh, Great Horned Rat itself. It is this council 
rather than its mortal counterpart that the astral wanderers of we truthsayers have eavesdropped upon and learnt much about both the demons themselves as well as the uh, mortal version of their high council. In both councils, the position that an individual holds dictates how important they are. The closest to the 13th seat, the 1st and 12th positions, what could be seen as the right and left hands of their foul god, are the highest, whilst the 6th and 7th places, the furthest away from their god, are the lowest. The seats on this high circle of the Under Empire are sat upon by the most vile, debased and cunning of the Ratman. Of course, plotting, sabotage and assassination are ever ongoing in each of these leaders' clans as envious and ambitious underlings try to claw their way to the top. But it appears that these are rarely successful as the runes of each position rarely change. Now, I'm guessing, Master Tavernkeeper, that the... Uh, Lord of Decay that Jafar must have had dealings with was the Night Lord, the Warlord of the Skaven Assassins, Clan Eshen. Ah yes, in one of the old Arabian letters that I have had access to, they do indeed reference a Night Lord, although I never knew anything more than this name. I was not aware of his true nature, and the fact he was one of the leaders of Skaven society. Ah oh, well, you live and learn. Oh, yeah, yeah, you do indeed. But uh, sorry to once more be asking the more mundane questions. I am a soldier and it is in my nature. But it is not in the nature of the ratmen to do something for nothing, as far as I am aware. What did Jafar have that the Skaven wanted? Why? What did he have that they wanted? The answer is simple. Warpstone. As you know, periodically our world has been hit by large chunks of warpstone that have broken free and hurtled to strike the old world from the accursed green moon of Morsleep. Most famous of these happenings was the hobbling of the city of Kavzar, as well as the lesser known destruction of the ancient Ebonian lake cities. Indeed, numerous places have been struck in our fated places long history, but not all have struck occupied places, and it seems that Jafar had located and secured one of these hidden deposits that had landed deep in the desert. It is this that he traded with the Skaven, and thus it was for fistfuls of warpstone that the Skaven did his bidding. And uh, so, what was it that they did for him? Ah, the answer to this too is simple. They spied on and then slew his enemies, both internal and external, felling threats from the shadows and paving the way for his armies by weakening any and all resistance. And thus armed, he began his campaign of conquest. His army emerged from the great desert and marched through the Cobra Pass. It was a long trek, and not easy going for neither man nor beast. Hard on the feet, soles and footwear. The surface of the pass is gravel, you see. But uh, the steepest parts have asphalt surfaces, making them fairly inhospitable, with slim pickings for the army's hunters. Unusually though for Araby, water was less of an issue, as the annual rains had been unleashed upon the mountainsides, and 
Surviving accounts from the warriors of Jafar mention them seeing both waterfalls and rock pools. Eventually, though, they emerged out the other side and into the land of assassins and the tribes of the Dahib. But they encountered no resistance. The Skaven had been at work and weakened a number of the human enclaves of assassins. In fact, to such an extent that some of the Dahib had used the opportunity to eliminate the weakest and take possession of their training monasteries in the mountains. As to those that encountered Jafar, well, it did not take long for his silver tongue to bring them to his banner once he let them know of his intent to march on Lashik to the north. A great many of the sheiks had long raided the caravans that travelled from the city, as well as clashing with the forces of the old sultan himself. And so, with his numbers bolstered, Jafar marched north, through the land of assassins and up to the shores of the Bay of Corsairs where the waters from the great River of the Serpent flow into the great ocean. And what did he behold? Why, before him, he saw a ripe fruit, ready to be plucked. For his armies were stood in the shadow of the city port of Lashik. <laughs>